0: Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. We are so grateful to have Pastor Joel Cave with us today and uh, just so blessed. He's got two strapping young men sorry ladies they're married she's checked in on that from New Zealand such such a great couple of lads and uh, they're celebrating last night's victory over the Irish stay quiet that's why we put them in the corner out of the way you see Pastor Joel Cave uh, leads Glow Church in Australia And they have a campus here in County Durham, Andrew and Louise Cherry, many of you know them, been great friends of our church for many years. They lead that, but Pastor Joel and his wife, I think it was 10 years ago, you've just celebrated 10 years. They pioneered and their church has has grown. They're now in different parts of Brisbane and Sydney and uh, in the UK and they're doing a phenomenal work. The church is going to over 5,000 people in 10 years. And he is a, just a, he's a guy that keeps me on, on my toes iron sharpens iron already just give me some great ideas for church and growing forward and so we want you to know he's got three beautiful children just building a phenomenal church and he is a man of integrity he is a man of integrity he's a man of godly character he's got godly vision and he you know not many people send me this email but he sent me an email a few, few months ago and he said John I want to come and be part what God's doing at Soul church. he said. I don't want any travel costs, and I don't want any gift for speaking. He said, all I want to do is come in this season and love your church. And so this guy's not here with any agenda apart from loving you, loving our church in this season. And so, would you stand to your feet if you're online? Stand in your room if you're driving. Stay seated. Stand up. Let's give every let's give Pastor Joel Cave a big, big welcome as he brings the word.
1: Good morning. Come on, let's welcome everyone that's online as well. Give them a huge welcome. You going to welcome them online, come let's say hello to them. Good morning. Good to see you. And let's give Jesus a shout of praise this morning, hey? Amen. Amen. Well, we've had a great first service, and now we're gonna have an even better second service because you're here. You've got one of your best five church outfits on. You maybe had to think twice about what you wore today with the uh, the temperature dropping. Every time I come to England, everyone always says, it was a lot warmer last week. Is that true? God's watching, I don't know. I'm blessed to be here. I send love for my family. I think I've got a photo of my family. Can I just? They want to say a quick hello. This is my family. It's a very squashed photo. Um, I'm very blessed. My wife, Ellen, is the one that's in the middle of the two that look like they're sisters. And the one on the left there, Summer, it's actually her 16th birthday today, which is really nice. And that was my oldest daughter, Taylor, she's about to turn 18, the little guy Judah, he's 10. He's just signed a professional soccer contract, football contract actually. Yeah, he's a really good soccer player. The soccer soccer's in Australia, football in England. Uh, but he, yeah, he uh, I won't tell you which club he signed with over here. Some of you might have your thoughts about that. It's got a red colour, that's all i say. So he's good. And uh, all that being said, um, I love my family, and uh, we're blessed. We're blessed to, to do what we're doing. We just celebrated ten years as a church, and I want to tell you, you are in a great church. You are in a wonderful church. You know, I, I honestly believe with all my heart that there are this season that we're moving into around the world that God has put His hand and placed His hand on a new generation of leaders. You can see there are things happening all around the globe where God is just putting his hand and saying, there is favor, there is blessing. There is an element of faith that is being restored in terms of like stepping out in faith. And your pastors are really honestly, they're a shining light and I'm so blessed to call them friends. But I honestly believe that God has got his hand on them both of their lives individually together. And you're part of the church that God is wanting to rise up in this nation to really become like a diamond and a jewel, to see lost people won for Jesus. And you're in a great church and I want to really really encourage you that don't take this for granted don't take this exciting season for granted you're about to see great things miracles with your own eyes and I know many of you would have sacrificed over the last few years but I want to encourage you the Bible says don't grow weary in doing good you're almost there the face steps that are required to get all the way to see God do what he's going to do I had the privilege of having a, a bit of a visit yesterday of the new uh, of the new uh, building and it really is it's amazing it is a, it is an absolute ground, stake in the ground for this nation, not just for Norwich. And I want you to hear this this morning, that you are in a great church that's got great things ahead. If you're first time visiting here today, stop the search, you found your church. And I'm excited. So can I pray this morning before getting the word? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for faith to rise in this room. We thank you for Lord, your love that is flowing in this place, Father. We thank you for the friendships in this place, the community that's being established. But God, we also think about those that we have yet to meet, Father. Those that we have yet to um, to know, that are yet to know Jesus, Father. Lord, we call them in from the north, the south, the east and the west. Lord, let faith rise, let salvation flow, Father. And God, let your word go out. Lord, as we preach today, Lord, I ask that God, everyone would understand my Australian accent. And that, God, that you would bless us and change us and that we would never be the same, Lord, that we would leave here different today. In Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Okay, why don't you high five, hang on. You're going to high five three people and I want you to say, if you were a salsa dip, would you be hot, mild or medium? Tell your friends, quickly, tell your person, sit down. What would you be? If you were a salsa dip, which one would you be? Okay, all you spicy people, you can sit down. Any spicy ones in the room? Yeah, that's good. Lots of spicy people online, I'm sure. Have you got your notepads ready? Have you got pens, your Bibles? I hope so. If you want to get your pens out ready, if you want to take notes this morning, maybe you forgot your physical notepad, you can just get a pen and write on the person's neck in front of you. You will not forget it. They will not forget it. Please turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 2. If we were uh, in Israel right now, we'd be saying Nehemiah 2. Nehemiah chapter 2, that is the correct term of how to say Nehemiah. Uh, and we're going to be reading for that in a moment. But I do send greetings from Australia. We, uh, uh, my friends that are with me, well, these two guys are awesome. Moni and uh, Joey, uh, they're actually originally both from New Zealand, but they both have been with us from day one of starting Glow Church. They have seen our church grow from 20 people to, you know, we had almost 10,000 people at Easter at church this year and at multiple locations, multiple cities. And I'm so blessed to have two very faithful young men that have become older men now. We've all got kids and grown up. Uh, but I, I just believe that you know, the message of Jesus is discipleship. It's, it's one of doing things together. We're better together. And I know that that's the testimony of many people in this church that you're better for being part of this church community but I'm thankful to be traveling with two really amazing guys that in their own rights could be speaking right now and doing whatever they would normally do. So would you welcome Moni and Joey for me? Would it really encourage me? First time in Europe, first time. Yeah, they are not even been waving there you go, yeah. Yeah, they're both, there they are. Moni himself actually was a, a very well-known rugby player in Australia, played for the Queensland Reds and the Super 15, so there you go. Good young man. And the very good actually security details as well when you're traveling Europe, I feel very safe. I feel very safe. Pastor John and Chantel, before I get started, I have a prophetic word for you and um, for this church. Uh, this week, we were supposed to be in Israel. Uh, we flew to Dubai and then we had to change course. It's always fun when that sort of stuff happens. I'm always thinking to myself, God, what is it that we're here for? Like why, why have things changed dramatically? Because there's always a God reason. There's always a God window. And um, we were in Rome for a few days. And like I said, these guys had never been to Europe, so it was a great opportunity to see a little bit of, of Italy. And while I was there, I was preparing for today, and I really, um, on Thursday morning, felt God speak to me very clearly from the story of the Queen of Sheba visiting King Solomon. And we know that King Solomon built this incredible, uh, incredible uh, kingdom the palace, the temple, everything. And this Queen, so she was used to opulence, she came from another land, from far away, and she said it was even better than I can imagine. She speaks of what was built. And I, as I was walking around yesterday, I even confirmed in my spirit what I believe God wants to say to this church is that in this next season, yes, you're opening a building, uh, but that is not the sole purpose of why God is going to put His hand on this church. It's the presence of God that's going to fill that place. And people are going to come from distant lands. There's going to be people that God is going to let you whistle and He's going to call upon them and say that you need to be here. And in the, in the natural, it would feel like unreasonable, or maybe doesn't make sense, but I, f- I believe that you need to be ready. Get ready for phone calls when so people say, I'm coming. There's gonna be people that you've never met before. Who you're gonna turn up from, uh, I, I wanna prophesy over a number of African nations that will come to this land, and they're gonna find this church, and they're gonna be a huge part of your future. Others that will come from Europe. There are others that are gonna, are gonna be start hearing stories of the miracles, but I believe that God is saying to your church that people were gonna say, I went to visit and I thought I was gonna see one thing, but actually it was a presence of God in worship. And it was the presence of God in in that building and environment that is actually what did something in their spirit. So can I encourage you today, church, be excited about this next season. Be stern in your faith. You know, I know a little bit of what this sort of season feels like and looks like. And I want to preach to you from a little bit from that place and that authority this morning. Four years ago, we moved into a building on the Gold Coast. We've now got um, seven locations in Australia in different cities. Uh, But back then, we just had one church uh, building and one church community. And we started uh, when We got to a point where our, we ran out of finances, we had been great stewards, we had raised millions of dollars, but as always, <laughs> the building costs always go up, and you know, just when you think that you're stretched beyond being stretched, along comes more bills and more finances, and I remember the last time being told by our builders that they would stop building uh, if we didn't pay them half a million dollars, which is a quarter of a million pounds. And and I literally, I didn't have anywhere to turn. We couldn't get any loans because we were a five-year-old church at the time. And I remember just screaming at God saying, God, this is your church. You said you would build it. This is on you. This is your bill, not mine. I'm sick of it. I don't want to have to try and work it out anymore. You do it. It's your church. You call me to do it, then you should pay the bills. And um, that next day, miraculously, 24 hours later, we had someone deposit that amount of money in our bank without even being asked to. We'd never had a larger amount of money at that point in time. We moved into that building and it's a very similar size to where you're moving. It was a 1,200-seat building. We went from a church of 1,500 people to 3,000 people in six weeks. Hundreds of people got saved. And all of a sudden, there's all this stuff happening in the media. And it, the city we we're in, they're like, I don't know what's happening here, but it's the fastest-growing church in Australia and all that sort of stuff didn't really matter. But it was more just that what happens when you stepped out in faith in the impossible. And I can sense that same feeling is in this room this morning. You can feel that there is like this readiness. Like clearly this building's not big enough. Clearly it's been too long that it hasn't been big enough, but God is wanting to do something fresh to do. And it's not about a building people, but it's about a vehicle for God to see more people's lives changed and more people's uh, you know, families changed, marriages healed. Miracles take place, and most importantly, salvation come to Norwich. If you believe that this morning, someone give Jesus a shout of praise in this place, up the back there. I want to tell you, my primary gift that God has put in my life, I didn't realize until we started the church, is a gift of faith. I can tell you, I will preach well this morning, if you let faith rise in this room, I will let faith out. And so let's get into the Word of God this morning. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I feel like God has got something fresh and new for you this morning. And I want to tell you uh, a quick 60-second biblical summary of context for the story we're about to read from, because if you don't understand the background for this, it doesn't have as much impact. Who knows context matters in the Word of God? You can't just randomly pull verses out and go, ooh. It, it, you know, I guess you can do it occasionally, but context really matters. So in this particular story, we're, we're reading about a young man called Nehemiah. And Nehemiah uh, it's on a biblical timeline, 600 years before Jesus came to Earth to die on the cross. It was in that time that we go right back. We know that the Israelites were in Egypt. They had left the land. They had been taken from the land. They ended up coming back into through Joshua and Moses led them. And Joshua, Moses, you know, didn't quite get there. It was close, but he didn't quite get there. Joshua led them into the, back to the Promised Land. But then we pick up the story where 600 years before Jesus came that they were also, once again, they were wiped out by the Babylonians, which is the modern-day nation of Iraq. Uh, Fifty years after that, the Persians, or the modern-day Iranians, they then took out Jerusalem as well, and they literally burnt the walls of Jerusalem that were once high and mighty to the very ground, They they were burnt to the ground, and that nation was in turmoil, and the city of Jerusalem was a mess. We then meet this young man called Nehemiah, who was a byproduct of what was called the remnant, He was a Jewish young man with Jewish blood, but he was not raised and he was not born in Israel. He was born in Persia. And so he's still got the stories from his grandfathers and his family about the the once mighty city of Jerusalem. He he knows that he's Jewish by nature. And in this story, we find that he has found favor in the eyes of King Artaxerxes. He is the cupbearer to the king. And anyone who knows the biblical history or any kind of history The cupbearer was a very significant and prominent role because you were the one who would take a sip of a wine just before the king would to make sure that if there was no poison in that wine. And so it was a very significant role, one of high trust and one that required someone who could speak multiple languages. They had to be good looking and they had to be of a high academic nature. So to be around the king all the time, it required a level of excellence. And Nehemiah possessed all those things. But Nehemiah gets wind in his stories about this city that was once mighty for his people that is now in rubble, it is in ruin, it has been destroyed. And so we pick up this story because he has built up the courage, this is Nehemiah, to go to the king and say, can I go and see with my own eyes what I've been hearing from my friends to see if it really is as bad? Because at this point, the Persians were in charge of the whole empire, which included Jerusalem. Does that make sense to everyone? You understand a bit of history. Excellent. Nehemiah chapter, I know here in Norwich, probably 90% of you already knew it, but I just for, the, for people like me, we need to know, so, and it's important. Nehemiah chapter two, we don't ever want to presume as well that someone has never been to church before. If it's your first time ever in a church environment, we welcome you. We're so excited. We've been praying actually that you'd be here, Tim, us this morning, so we're glad you're here. Nehemiah chapter two, if you've got a Bible, open it up, say, I've got it. Four of you have got it. Excellent. 9 chapter 2 verse 11 says this. This is Nehemiah speaking. I went to Jerusalem and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. I want to say those words again. I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem for Jerusalem. There are many people in the room today and online that you know what it feels like to be like Nehemiah. There are things that God has spoken into your spirit. There are dreams that God is trying to activate. There is vision that God is trying to bring out from feelings of just the inside to actually to the outside from the known to the unknown, So from the unknown to the known, from the sense of no one knows, not even my spouse, to I'm going to verbalize what God has been stirring in my spirit. I wonder today if someone here knows what it feels like to take an active step of faith and put yourself out there, having a sense that God has spoken, but yet what you have spoken out is more of a spiritual reality than an actual reality. There is nothing worse than that feeling of feeling vulnerable, of have I heard from God? Have I truly sensed that what He has put in my heart was something that I can put out into the public arena? You know what I love is a few years ago, I was here in 2019. And at that point, John, Pastor John, sorry, he took me for a drive through, uh, through the town and I got to see a big blank piece of land where the church was originally. It had burnt down, we know that story. And we know that at that point, it was literally that vision was just spoken, but it wasn't reality. Yesterday to drive on that land and to see a physical building with the walls up, to go inside and see things that you'll get to see shortly, I was able to experience what it looks like when someone speaks out big, bold vision that doesn't look possible in the natural. It's still, we're still sitting on the, is this possible? There's still a faith gap that's required. But yet someone was bold enough to put it out there and along the way, I can guarantee you some people would have grabbed a hold of it, others would have said, we'll see about that. Some of you might, might, might have said, I can't, I can't be here anymore because I don't think that's possible. And then there are others of you that have been faithful in that process. But we have seen someone speak what was in their heart of, I can see a different future. I can see a better place. I can see a space for more people to find Jesus. I can see a land, uh, a stake in the ground that says that for the city of Norwich, that God, you're going to do something mighty. When people drive past, they go, what is going on there? That takes... Someone being bold enough to speak vision from the heart into reality. I wonder here today if there's someone here that you've been holding back from your spouse the dream that God's put in your heart. You're too nervous to say it to them. I wonder here if somebody has a dream in their heart to start a business that could impact the kingdom of God, but you've been too nervous to put it out there. Maybe there's someone here that's too nervous to declare that one day I ain't gonna find that beautiful husband or that beautiful wife and I am gonna have a great family. And for whatever reason, you've held it in you and you haven't declared that because you've been too nervous and too shy to actually declare it. I wonder if someone here would be bold enough to say, I'll be the first person in my, in my family to go to university and I'm gonna make a difference. I wonder what is on the inside that is yet... Not into reality. I wonder if someone is bold enough today to say, I'm gonna let it out. I'm gonna speak it out. I'm gonna declare it into the heavenly beings. I'm not gonna let this stay on the inside of them anymore. Because I wonder how many ideas there are in this room that have not been spoken. Come on, if we're gonna clap this morning. No golf claps. No, 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 no. Come on. Let's I wonder what can happen in a faith filled atmosphere. I wonder online this morning, if God was to stir your heart up. I wonder if somebody was able to be bold enough to declare that out, to put it on paper. And even after the first service, me and John had an opportunity to pray with some of this room that said, oh, look, I haven't told anyone this, they showed us this video of what they've just done. We said, stop, let's pray. We're two or three or more gathered. Let's pray for the blessing and the favor on this project right now in Jesus' name. I wonder this morning, who is here that God is trying to stir your faith? You're in a faith-filled church that is doing faith-filled things. And you are part of this church which tells me that you are a candidate. Because the Bible tells me that without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please God. You, sir, you, ma'am, you are a faith-making machine. Let it out. Be bold. Be courageous. Because He's with you. Start that business. Marry that person. If you need to go on christiansingle.com, do whatever you have to do. Don't waste your life away. Sitting back, waiting for things to happen. No, let it out. Nehemiah is a great example of a young man that said, I don't even need to go there, but God has put a conviction on a faraway place for a faraway people, because God's heart is always for people. God's heart is for the people of Norwich. God's heart is for the people of the United Kingdom. God's heart is for this world, and you and I partner in faith in this thing that is called the Kingdom of God here on earth. I just wonder this morning if you would have let it out, what could happen? And then we know that after Nehemiah has a few days of inspection. And as he gets deeper and deeper into looking at the level of damage and the level of fire that had taken place, the reality kicks in that what he had turned up with was a vision to rebuild this walls, to rebuild this city. When he looked at it with his own eyes, he realized, oh, this is really bad. It's worse than I actually thought. And who knows that sometimes... What we believe that God is speaking as a, in our heart doesn't match the reality of what we see. Let me say that again. Sometimes the reality of what we see, God putting in our heart, does not match the reality of what we see with our eyes. But it does not mean that God can't do impossible things. So let's pick up the story in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, because this is where we want to land today. And I'm going to really help you out for the next season. And then I said to them, this is Nehemiah, you see the trouble that we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. And I also told them about the gracious hand of my God and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. And so they began this good work. But when Samballat the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it, They mocked and they ridiculed us. What is this that they are doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? And I answered them by saying, The God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you will have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Isn't it interesting that straight after Nehemiah puts out his vision for the people, straight away he is met with opposition. Straight away, when the faith goes out, there is opposing views and there is ridicule. There is a a sense of, of, you're not gonna do that. How on earth do you think that's possible? Now, the good news is that we get the, the view of history. We get to understand that Nehemiah, not only did he turn up and he build the walls, but he stayed for 12 years to govern the city. It only took 52 days to rebuild what took probably decades to build. He had a strategy from God, where each person, as they were building, morning and night, there was people that were literally defending their backs as they built. Can I encourage you, read the book of Nehemiah, it's one of the most inspiring books of the Bible, to watch what God's people, when they stood in unity together and said, we are going to rebuild this, we're going to turn our back on those that would oppose us, and we're going to see God do a miracle. 52 days to rebuild these massive walls that you can now see with your own eyes. And for 12 years, Nehemiah, he governs this land and he governs these people with integrity and with great character. Whenever you put out into the public arena or into the atmosphere, vision from God, it will always be opposed by people and by the things around us. We know that the enemy has a responsibility, a job description to kill, to steal, to to take anything he can and destroy it, to rob us. But the good news is this morning that Jesus has come to bring life and life to the full. If right now you are experiencing opposition, if you're experiencing turmoil, if you're experiencing this heartache or pain, I'm telling you that Jesus, he is in the midst, that Jesus has come to breathe life into your situation, to breathe vision back into your world, to allow dreams to rise in this place. Back in 2018, I was on holidays and I was with my kids and my family, you saw them before, and we were taking a ferry in Sydney. A bit of history, we were, both my wife and I, we grew up in Sydney, we lived in Sydney, and we moved to the Gold Coast, which is where we live. It's like a tourism city, it's a, it's a good-sized city, it was the Commonwealth Games, we held there not long ago, and the Olympic Games are on there in 2032, you're welcome to come hang out with us, we'll be there. But we moved there 17 years ago when Taylor was just born, and we didn't know anyone at all, we didn't, never knew anyone, never met anyone, we grew up in Sydney, we, we knew God had called us to the Gold Coast. But it was interesting, we were on holidays in Sydney, because we took our kids back to see their, their family. Uh, our parents and the cousins, and we were on a ferry from uh, Circular Quay, which is where the opera house is, and we were going across to Manly Beach, which is a very famous beach in Sydney, and along that, that particular route on the ferry is the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and I remember looking up at the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and just all of a sudden, it dropped in my spirit, just this simple, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit, saying, Joel, would you come to Sydney, and would you reopen the Wells of Revival? such a simple word and I, at first i didn't even know what that meant i just was like what does that what does it even mean but i just knew again i felt god say come to sydney and open the wells of revival and my thought was well there's lots of great churches here that i don't know if they need like another church like i think that you know there's some really great global churches that have come out of sydney and you know 2018 i'm thinking oh, look we're just a small church in the gold coast doing our part and i just knew that god was like do something and so we put it out on instagram and facebook that we're going to church plant in sydney and really no one really knew much about us as a church we put it out there i thought maybe that some people might come you know be interested in what we're doing because i grew up in sydney and i was you know kind of you know people had friends and that might back us and support us so we put it out there and in faith we we're like we're going to start a church in sydney and i flew down to sydney and on the first interest night we had six people turn up six i knew their names by the time we finished there that night, I knew how many kids they had. I knew what their tax file number was. I knew what they liked as a you know, for food they liked to eat. I mean, I asked every question possible. And I was so discouraged to the point of, God, did I really hear? Did I really hear you say that I was supposed to come to Sydney and start something? You know, I'm quite enjoying my lifestyle on the Gold Coast. You know, I'm passing the church there. We're having a good time. Maybe it should be a multi-city church. We should just be the Gold Coast but I knew that God reminded me, you no, know, go to Sydney and open the wells of revival, a city that's had a great, a great history of seeing revival take place and people's lives church. And so we persevered and we pursued it. That particular night, one of my friends who was from Sydney was actually in the middle of church planning in America, in Miami, Florida. And so he came along that night and he actually took a little video of the six people that were there. And I was like, mate, put your phone away. Like, that's, you know, just put it away. He's like, no, no, this is, and he started taking videos. Over the next few years, it was interesting that he actually, um, you know, he would actually call me and speak to me as I was sort of trying to help him with the church planning stuff. And he would say, that was the most encouraging night of my church planning life. And I said, I'm glad that my discouragement was your encouragement. See, what happened was that we started with six people in Sydney. We started with a dream in our heart. I didn't know how it was possible. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how we we're going to raise the leaders, but we ended up going back with a strategy. We sent 20 young, adult, uh, 20 young adults in our church to city to live. That was a big sacrifice for them. They had to like literally like double their cost of living, get jobs, move to the city. Can I tell you to fast forward the story a little bit? We now in 2023, which is five years on from when we started with six people, we have not only one church there, not two churches, not three churches, We're about to open our fourth church. All those churches have their own buildings. We have thousands of people coming to church. Literally hundreds of people have got saved, been baptized. Someone gives glory to God. What started with six people that looked impossible is now thousands of people going to church in Sydney. I hardly even go there once a year, but they're part of our church. It's really the greatest hand of God in my life that I can only describe as this. We opened... The doors, we said, let's see what could happen. And the reason that my friend that's in Miami is encouraged because he's like, every time I get discouraged, I think of the six people that I saw that night. And I now see what God is doing in the city of Sydney. And he goes, it has encouraged me so greatly. And I always feel discouraged in his encouragement. I just, I don't know, it's just, it's a bit of a, but I look back and I think, you know, I don't want to take the photo of six people back then, but I'm glad he had a video. I'm glad that he could be encouraged by my discouragement. Because I tell you what, when you put it out there and you say, I feel like God's saying to do this, and if you can't see it with your eyes straight away, it can be just, maybe you've started a business and it's tough. Did I hear from God? Maybe someone here is wondering, was I supposed to step out in that area of changing careers? Maybe some of you know what it feels like that first time you took a big step of faith and you gave it to a miracle offering. And then the, the next day, your washing machine blew up, your car engine deteriorated, Petrol prices doubled and you're like, was I supposed to give? But you know that there's this opposition. There is this sense that you took that step of faith. And if it wasn't for that step of faith and seeing the miracles take place, there's a result. But it, there's always this sense of opposition. Give me a wave this morning if you've ever had opposition when you've taken a step of faith. Go on, give me a wave. You know what it feels like. And I think it's important that I arm you and I forewarn you for what's coming. Because you need to understand what is coming next for this season of, of Soul Church is one of Greatness. Of one that God is gonna pour out his blessing and his glory. Miracles are gonna take place, but guess what? There's also gonna be an increased level of opposition. There's going to be an increased level that the more zeros and the more people, there's just more problems and more issues. But you know what? That's also where God gets more glory and more things take place. And I feel like I have a responsibility to forewarn you and to forearm you with a strategy that the enemy has that has got old because he's got no new ideas. He has the same things that he tries to run the same play over and over and over again. And today I am here to prepare you. So I want to give you five quick things or five oppositions that are going to come your way when you take a step of faith. Is that okay? Now, I want to say this as well tonight. I want to prepare the ground this morning because tonight I believe that God wants to bring breakthrough to this church. Breakthrough to this church is not defined by, to the church, it's defined to individuals in the church. I believe that God tonight is going to pour out on this church a level of breakthrough to prepare you for what's coming next. I hope that's okay to say that, but I do believe that I'm going, to, I'm going to stir up the gifts of the Spirit in this place. I'm going to bring prophetic words. I'm going to pray for every marriage in this place. I'm going to actually ask for God to come and put uh, His, His, um, His protection around your marriages. i tell you what this morning, I want to stir your faith to say, be here in the house of God tonight because when the Spirit of God starts to move and the miracles start to take place, I believe we're going to see people healed tonight. I believe we're going to see marriages restored. I believe we're going to see literally prophetic words that you know, spark dreams and spark vision. But that's tonight. Okay, five things right now. Five things gonna prepare you for tonight and five things that you can be prepared for when you take steps of faith. Number one, five types of opposition. The first one is this, the people closest to you. The people closest to you. We see in this story, Nehemiah puts it out and straight away that the officials that he was traveling with, they step in and say, hang on, no. Opposition is often found in our own homes, in our own neighborhoods, Why? Because people get familiar. Well, that's just Pastor John and Chantel. Familiar. I don't see them like that. I see them as called men and women to change a nation. Your spouse shares the vision. You're the first one to go, oh, I know the reality of like our finances. I know the reality of our... Familiar. There will always be opposition from the people that know you the best because they know your worst moments, not your best moments. And if you're going to take a step of faith, you've got to be big enough to get bigger than the people around you in your spirit. There are times where someone's going to say something, someone's going to undermine you, someone's going to, whatever it might happen, but they often are from the people that are closest to you. Why could Jesus not perform a miracle in his hometown? Because people were familiar. Listen to me, church. Do not get familiar with your leaders. Do not get familiar with your pastors. Don't get familiar with the miracle that's happening across the road there. Don't get familiar with when the hundreds of people start getting saved. Don't get familiar. Don't get familiar when the car park is too full. You start whinging that you have to now line up and the car park's too long. Someone took your seat. No, don't get familiar. They're the people you are praying for. That's what this city has been believing for for so long. Don't get familiar. Number two. There's never enough resource, but there's always plenty of resource. (laughs) Let me say it again. There's never enough resource, but there's always enough resource. What does that mean? When we understand in the economy of God, He owns everything, He has everything available to us, but yet He takes us on these steps of faith where there's never enough, but there's always enough. When I open my bank account, there's not enough, but when I take a step of faith, somehow it works out. It's like what we heard from Pastor John this morning, that there's some miracles that are taking place right now, but we're not quite there because we've still got more steps of faith to take. But if we keep going, there's going to be there. I get excited in these kind of environments. I'll tell you why, because if some business people and some families understood that God is wanting to pour out blessing through you to get it through what God's purposes are. When you understand and get that revelation, it tells me that you should be excited for what God wants to bring into your life. But if you have a, a heart that says, it's just going to be for me and just enough for us, Well, God can't do much with that. But when you have people that actually get a revelation that my business was built for the kingdom, my family was built for the kingdom, if that money that is required to fund what is over there, it needs someone to go through first. That's God's way of blessing. It goes through something. Someone needs to be stirred their faith this morning and go, I need to wake up to this because if I can get that blessing through the local church and what God wants to do, it has to go through you. Think about that for a second. The millions that is required over there has to go through someone. That could have changed someone's life right there. Someone needs to go from having a small business mentality to a global mentality. God wants to bring those kind of people in this church. Start with the people here in the church already. That's what I would say. I'd encourage you. I'm telling you, there's never going to be enough provision for the vision because that's how God works. He gives us just enough of a glimpse of what's coming, but it takes His people to respond. Someone needs to hear this this morning. There's never enough resource, but there's always enough resource. Keep taking steps of faith. The third thing today, there will be an opposition to any step of faith is the false reports. Straight away, Sam Ballot starts undermining Nehemiah. He starts saying things that aren't true. He starts giving false reports. He tries to send, out, send back reports as you read Nehemiah 3, 4, and 5, reports back to King Artaxerxes. He makes up lies that aren't true. But I want to tell you that when you choose to live your life in a way with consistency of your integrity, your character, and the call of God, nothing can get in the way of the purposes of God. Nothing can get in the way when your motive is aligned to the kingdom of God, when your integrity is lined up with what he has. And we see that with Nehemiah. Nehemiah had no other motive but to come back and make a difference. There was nothing in it for him other than his people being re-established in this city. I want to encourage you today that when you know that you are doing things on purpose for the kingdom of God and you're maintaining your integrity and character, you can withhold the false report. You can withstand The negativity. You can have someone write things online about you. They can be writing things on YouTube. They can be doing whatever. They they can publish an article about you. But when you know that you can stand firm because you have all those other things lined up, you can withhold the false support. See, Nehemiah outlasted all those people. For 12 years, he governed that city. God put His hand on his life. The gracious hand of God is on Nehemiah's life. I wanna declare over Soul Church today that the gracious hand of God is upon your church. The gracious hand of God is upon your pastors. And I wanna stir up your faith this morning and say, keep walking in integrity, keep walking in character, keep walking in momentum for what God has and you will see God's hand poured out in this place. (laughs) Miracles are gonna be part of your story. Miracles are on the way. In this next season. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17 says this, no weapon forged against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me declares the Lord. I'm telling you every time as a church we have taken a step of faith for some reason the media has taken its, 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 uh, its time or maybe decided it's always right as something big happens that the media has always tried to undermine our church. In every city where we started in location, always the media comes and they want to have a a, a negative report or a false report. I'm telling you, whenever you take steps of faith, stay focused on God's word. Stay focused on what you know is what God is wanting to do. And that's where God can move. Number four, the fourth opposition that you need to be aware of is that you will doubt what God said. The enemy is sneaky. The enemy is always trying to get in there and put doubt. The enemy is always trying to, at times where you think you've finally taken that step of faith. Did God actually say that? You think about right back to the Garden of Eden, when the serpent came to Eve, did he really say that? When Jesus was standing after his his fast in the wilderness, did throw yourself down, did God say that? It is the most infantile tactic of the enemy to try and bring doubt of what God has spoken to you. Elizabeth Elliot says this, don't dig up in doubt what you have planted in faith. Have you sown? Don't doubt faith. Have you been speaking out in the atmosphere the things that God has for you? Don't doubt and don't change it by what is going on in your mind. It is so important that you stay true to what God has said. Billy Graham said, let your faith roar so loud that you can't hear what doubt is saying. You are in a faith-roaring season, Soul Church. Let it out. Bold, courageous faith that is happening right now in front of your eyes requires bold, courageous people that keep reminding God that He is responsible for what is going on in this season. And the last one, number five, if the worship team want to come and join me. I thought I heard a keyboard already. I was like, oh, that's probably a plane The fifth thing you're going to experience and the last one that is real is spiritual opposition. Spiritual opposition. Is the worship team coming when they're ready? Maybe they had to go and sit in the car park because there's no space for them. So, yeah. Yeah. Are you they, they, they coming? They're coming? Yeah, come. Oh, yeah, great, I'm ready. Oh, you're getting your in-ears in and... Okay, great. I'm ready for you. You watch when the keyboard player plays, the Holy Spirit comes straight in the room. Number five is spiritual opposition. Listen to me very carefully. I think in this last season, many believers have been exposed in one area. They have treated way too many natural issues that we're dealing with in the world right now and diagnosed them as spiritual problems. And then there are many Christians that are actually experiencing spiritual opposition that that is a spiritual issue, a spiritual matter, but they're trying to mask it with natural issues or mask it with natural solutions. It's so important that we get things right and in the right order. If you're dealing with a spiritual issue, it needs a spiritual solution. If you've got a natural issue going on, there are some things you can do in the natural before you try and blame that it's a spiritual thing. There are too many Christians that try and cop out, oh, that's just, a, uh, I'm under attack. No, you're not. You just smell, put deodorant on. Like, that's a natural solution to that problem. I'm telling you, there's there's so much of this stuff happening right now, and we need to get our ducks lined up and understand when there are times when there is a spiritual matter, we need to bring spiritual weaponry to the table. What does that look like? Prayer and fasting. It looks like prayer. It looks like knowing that there are times in our life where we need to actually take a hold of being responsible for our own actions, but then going, God, I need you in this season to protect my family, to protect my children. I encourage you, every parent, you should be going into your bedroom if you can at night time, and praying over your children, speaking over their minds as they dreaming tonight I love walking in with my little 10 year old son every night he would not let me go to, he would not go to sleep he said, like, dad have you prayed for me yet? dad have you prayed for, dad pray for my dreams pray for the vision I pray over his life God expand his thinking let him let him as he's lying here God let him like have a prayer like Jabez that it would expand his thinking he will never have a limitation of what's possible but do not underestimate what the enemy is trying to do do not just try and put everything down to a natural issue oh that's just a natural thing oh that's a coincidence that I'm always sick That's a coincidence that I'll never have enough. No, there are times when the enemy is undermining what God wants to do spiritually. Prayer and fasting is the most valuable resource when it comes to a spiritual problem. As you're getting closer to this building, can I charge you? Go into prayer and fasting as a church. I know it's in your pastor's heart to read, but even if you go, okay, every Monday I'm going to fast, every Monday for our church, I'm going to pray for our pastors, I'm going to pray for our leaders, because the enemy does not want what's coming. The enemy does not want what's about around the corner. When hundreds of people every weekend are finding Jesus, Norwich will be changed forever. But the enemy knows what's coming and so he's gonna keep going with his playbook. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says this, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Don't be that someone that is devoured. Ask for the protection The Spirit of God to surround your family, to surround your pastors, your leaders, your board, your elders, every person that is responsible right now for charging the mission of what God has next in this next season. Cover it in prayer. Cover it in prayer. Can I finish with one last story that will inspire your faith? I told you before about a building that we moved into a few years ago. What I didn't tell you is that next door to that were two blocks of land. It was the last two blocks of land in the city that we live in, the, in the, the where we are in terms of the it's a CBD of the Gold Coast, we're on the, the major highway, we have 300,000 cars past our building every day. But there was two blocks of land that the, the government owned and for many years it was just sitting there. We had the benefit of being able to park there. And then one day we f- saw a big for sale sign pop up on this land, which was at first an answer to prayer. But the second thing was, well, how are we gonna pay for this? Because there's a lot of money. We had been saving we had been good stewards as a church and we were able to negotiate the first block of land which is the closest block of land to our church we were able to pay just over three million dollars australian in cash for that land at which point that was amazing but that was it we were now back on faith we had nothing left in the bank accounts and then the second block of land was put up for for sale and we knew it was the bigger block of land and for our future and for what god's been doing in the growth of our church we knew that we needed that block of land and we were told that it was, we had two weeks notice because it was gonna to go to a public auction. And we had nothing. We had we had exhausted all our finances. At this point again, the banks weren't coming to the party because of a new church with post COVID. And uh, we're just like, okay, God, we've done everything we can in the natural. Like this is this is now a spiritual issue. We've done everything we can naturally, but God, we, we need a spiritual outcome here. We, we need something to happen for us to have a reality of this miracle that was needed. So I started praying and believing as a church we said okay we're going to believe for this our board we said we need this land but we knew that we didn't have the money that was required we were told at first that it was going to be between 10 to 12 million dollars for the block of land and we didn't have it we got closer to the auction we were praying and i got a phone call i got a a phone call from uh, for the purpose of being online i have to say it's anonymous from someone in melbourne and there's someone in Melbourne I'd never met before. They didn't go to our church. We do have a church in Melbourne as well, but they're not from our church. But they had been, during COVID, they had been listening to my podcast and I was speaking a lot of faith during during COVID. A lot of people won't do that, but I was really committed to speaking faith over people. And uh, Melbourne was the city in the world that had the longest lockdown, uh, so over two years. And so people in Melbourne weren't doing well, but this particular person was listening and he'd been hearing what we have been speaking. And he must have heard in one of our messages that we were believing this land next door. And we got a phone call from someone who represented him. It's the kind of person that he doesn't make the phone call, someone else makes the phone call. I like those kind of people. It's like, my people talk to your people. I like, okay, good, good. He, well, he called through someone else and they said, look, we heard that you're looking for this land. My, my boss has instructed me to tell you that you have a blank check. You can go there and offer whatever's needed to get that land. I know, pretty amazing, huh? Hey? The story gets better. It gets better. We knew that the land was valued about 10 to 12 million Australian dollars. And then the day before the auction, everyone's getting a bit of cold feet and they came to us and they said, you can put an offer in. We put an offer in for 8.5 million Australian dollars. And they rejected, they laughed at me. They said, you'll, you'll never get it for that price. They said, you a lot of all these big commercials. You know, you're a church. We didn't tell them what we had access to. And then at that auction, we had actually got the block of land for $7.5 million and so a million dollars less 24 hours later. Praise God, hey, like we're, we're now own all that land. God's been good. And we are in the middle. This when you think, you think, okay, God, this is great. We're in the middle of a $280 million project. Yeah, let that, let, let that sort of sit thinking for a moment because God's always pushing us towards more faith. And that's what the project we are now, which is going to... Be you know, I don't even know how to start that comprehension. You know, we're just win that project. But I've always found that whether it was $1, it was $100, $1,000, a $1,000,000, or hundreds of millions of dollars, it's all God's. It's His church. And I want to speak faithfully and just say that you know what it feels like to have opposition. But you need to be prepared and you need to be forewarned that God is is getting something, God is getting ready to do something great here in Norwich. You're a part of it, you've been part of it. But you know what, it's for people that you've never met before. It's for seats that are gonna be filled by people that you've never even, maybe you've walked past them at the petrol station, at the local shop. They're the people that are in God's heart right now, not us. We know We know Him. It's for the ones that are yet to come. The local church is the only organisation in the world for, that exists for its non-members. Let me say it again, the local church is the only thing, the only organisation that exists for its non-members. And on that note, I want you to stand to your feet this morning, and I want you, if you believe that in your heart, that God is getting ready to stir up a new level of faith in the lives of individuals. I want you to give them a shout of praise in this place. Come on, from front to back, from left to right. Come on, worship team. I want you to start to serve our faith this morning. We ask you, Holy Spirit that God, you would do something fresh and new in this house. God stir our spirits for what's impossible.
0: Holy Spirit oh, you God,
1: you lift your hands this morning and worship Him for a moment God, if you're here this morning and you know that God has put something in your heart maybe you've never shared it with someone you know that the stuff that God's been stirring in you it could be radical faith of being generous it could be it could be a dream to start a business it could be to step out in, in areas of, it could be to walk back into, into starting a, a small group in the church it could be in ministry, it could be in your family oh, I don't know what it is or where it's where it's been kind of going around your heart and your mind. But you know what it feels like right now to have experienced opposition. You know that you're in that season where God has been stirring your faith but at the same time you've had doubt. Come on, if that's you this morning, with every eye closed, I just want you to lift both your hands wherever you your as act of surrender to God. I want to pray for you this morning. Come right through this. I know the first service was so many people and as I can see in this service, no one's looking around. But you know that God's stirring something in you because right now we're at the enemy. It, it ends today. It stops today. The battle is finishing today that this is the moment where the spirit of god is taking over and father we ask right now lord in this room over every person over every family over every marriage Father anyone who's experiencing opposition right now we ask that we plead the blood of Jesus Lord over their heart and over their circumstances we ask in Jesus' name that God faith would rise Father wherever the vision's been spoken wherever it hasn't been spoken Father we ask that God that you would stir it up in this place that God that you would bring protection over families over hearts and over minds that God today we ask that spiritually speaking, it ends right now. That God, you are going to get the victory. You have won the victory. And that God, that Lord, there are miracles that are on the way. That God, there are going to be miracles that are going to surprise people even Lord, I pray even as people leave today, they're going to get phone calls further. That God, it's going to stir up people's faith in this place. That God, Lord, there's going to be miracles that are going to happen for them. Those that are unwell, miracles are going to break forth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With every eye closed this morning, I want to pray for one more group of people. I've been speaking about miracles this morning. You know, there's no greater miracle. There's no greater breakthrough uh, other than when someone finds Jesus. We're talking about eternal matters, more than just natural matters right now. You might be here this morning, maybe someone invited you to church. Maybe you Googled Church Norwich and you came this morning. I've been praying that there'll be people here this morning for the very first time in a church setting because I believe that the Spirit of God wants to change your life forever. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse nine, If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died and He rose again, that you will be saved. I'm talking to some teenagers this morning. I'm talking to some young adults in the room. I'm talking to some senior people here. Maybe this week, have you been watching on the news and seeing the events unfolding in the Middle East? Something in you just said, I have to go to church. Well, this is your moment. This is your time. You might be watching online. You can say, I am choosing to do one thing and that word is called surrender. I'm going to surrender my life. There's no longer I that are in charge of all the things that I want and my own desires and my own dreams, but when I choose to surrender those things to Jesus and say, Jesus, if you truly did make me, if you formed me in my mother's womb, if you have a plan and a purpose for my life, then I want you to come in and I want you to change my life. Forgive me of my sins. I acknowledge that I am a sinner that was born into a sinful world and that I am in need of a saviour. And when i allow jesus to take the will of my life and i give him my life it's in that moment that i find purpose and i find salvation and the free gift of eternal life so this morning with every eye closed in this room if that is you if you're saying joel i need jesus in my life maybe it's been a long time maybe you've walked away from god but today you're making things right with god if that's you whoever you are give me a wave right now in this room so i can see your hand and i can acknowledge you as i look at through the room coming from front to back left to right as i see hands going up then go you see your hand and over here and over here else at the back, there over here and over here. Come on, these people, give me a huge cheer. Come on, give me a wave. That's you this morning. Say, like, I want Jesus in my life. We see you this morning. And most importantly, Jesus sees you. Come on, we're going to pray this prayer together right now from front to back, left to right, all of us together, boldly and courageously. I'll give you the words and then we're going to say it all together. Jesus, Jesus this morning, this morning I, invite I invite you into my life. Into my life. Would, you Would you forgive me of all of my sins? And would you take my past and exchange it for your amazing future? I believe that you died and that you rose again. And I declare from this day forward, I am going to follow you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on church, just us give Jesus a shout of praise in this place. Amen.
0: Fantastic. Well, first of all, congratulations to everyone who said that prayer. Receive Jesus your personal Saviour today. And that is the great, you know, everything we do builds up to that moment. That's the moment where your life moves from darkness to glorious light. And we want to say congratulations. And this afternoon at 5pm, if you could make it, we have a, a course called Follow Jesus, which is for people who are kind of trying to discover the meaning of life, the purpose of life, what happens after life, and if you put your hand up today and said that prayer, we'd love to invite you back at five o'clock to follow Jesus, and it's a free course, you don't even have to register, just show up, and uh, we'd love to walk with you on that journey, but once again, well done for having the courage to lift up your hand and open your heart to Jesus, it really was the greatest decision you ever made, and uh, if you said that prayer online, please let someone know, just drop us a message in the chat and our team will reach back to you. Uh, I think that was an outstanding message. Thank you, Pastor Joel Cave. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.